Now time for the BCHL Podcast, presented by Subway. Here's Finn Williams to end the game to the floor. Yeah. He scores! There's a backdoor play. What a goal! Zach Michaelis! Rolling puck in front. Tied up in skate. Rowan Clark with a heroic save. My goodness, Rowan Clark. What did you eat for pregame? Real balls, real shoot scores! Patrick for Nick Real. Donaldson driving the goal, wrapping around. He scores! Brilliant goal by Sean Donaldson. Schleppi to the goal. Once again, he scores! Oh my word, Tyler Schleppi with a dandy! Three on one. A move. Vito back to a move. What a save by May. Coming across with the left leg. My goodness. Hey there. Welcome to the BCHL podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Adamson. After a week off, we're back again with a brand new episode. And we have two great guests for you. But before we get to that... I would like to remind you that the BCHL podcast is presented by Subway. Subway is a longtime partner of the BCHL, and we thank them for their continued support. All right, let's get to it. The guest list. Today on the BCHL podcast, we chat with Quinnipiac University goalie and former Penticton V, Yaniv Peretz, who is having uh, just an unbelievable season uh, at Quinnipiac in his second season there, but really his first full season uh, after only getting in a couple appearances last year. Uh, so we talked to him about uh, his great start this year. Uh, and also on the podcast, we chat with Langley Riverman head coach, Bert Henderson, who is in his first year as head coach of the Riverman and has led the team to a first place spot in the Coastal Conference standings. All right, first up, we'll speak with Yaniv Peretz. As I mentioned, he is having an incredible season. Uh, he is tops in all of college hockey with nine shutouts already in just 17 games, which means he has a shutout in more than half of his games this year, which is absolutely mind-blowing. Uh, he's uh, just three away, actually, from the all-time college hockey record. Uh, so we talked to him a little bit about that. Uh, we get into his time in Penticton, how he enjoyed playing in the BCHL, uh, and much more. So let's not waste any more time. Let's get to it. Our interview with Quinnipiac University goalie and Penticton V's alumnus, Yaniv Peretz. All right, Yaniv, you were just named the uh, ECAC Hockey Goalie of the Month for the third straight time. Um, you got some great numbers this year, in, including nine shutouts. Um, how have you been able to put together such a strong season so far? What what what, what is uh, seems to be working so well for you? Um, I think it's uh, we, we got a great team here. You know, everyone's working hard every single day. Uh, everyone's uh, being consistent, coming in every day, working hard in the gym, on the ice, and I feel like that's helping my game as well. Having those guys in front of me, so I feel like that's helped me a lot uh, this year. Yeah, you've uh, you've recorded, like I said, nine shutouts. So you have uh, a shutout in over half of your 17 appearances this year, which is pretty insane. Uh, you're clearly locked in. So uh, I know I've asked goalies this before when they're on a, a heater or when they're having a great season like you are. Do you get a certain feeling when you're in the zone like that? Does, I know I've heard some goalies say the game almost slows down for them a little bit. How are you feeling uh, when you're in the crease right now and um, stopping so many of the pucks that you're facing? I'm not really sure. I don't really try to uh, to think about it too much, you know. I, I, I don't really try to to figure it out. I just try to go out there and uh, do my job, you know. Every game is a new opportunity. I don't uh, I don't bring last games in with me or any future game coming up in, in with me. Just uh, 
you know, one game at a time, one shot at a time. And that's the way I like to see it. Yeah, we've we've talked about your your personal shutout numbers, but uh, the team as a whole has already recorded twelve, which which is um, an NCAA Division One record. So, uh, what does it say about your overall team defensive game uh, that you you've already set this mark with a month still to go in the regular season? Yeah, I mean uh, it, it's uh, it's awesome, right? I mean it's just uh, the dedication of all the guys who are you know by checking blocking shots and you know, buying into the details. So all that stuff is huge, right? And obviously uh, it shows through that. But uh, yeah, there's still a long way to, to go here. Yeah, when we were briefly talking uh, off the mic here, you mentioned that you don't, you don't like to focus too much on the numbers, but uh, you, you are only three shutouts away from the all-time Division One record. Is that something that you try and block out, something that you're, you're not really focused on? Or how, how would it feel if you did end up uh, accomplishing that? Yeah, I mean, I, I actually didn't even know that, so that's not something that I really look look into. Uh, yeah, just taking it one day at a time. I mean, there's, uh, yeah, I know, just really just taking it one day at a time. I try not to to read into any storylines or things that are going around. You know, just the only thing that really matters is the, your your everyday actions, right? Of in practice and then in games, carrying through. This. So I don't really try to focus on get too ahead of myself or think about the past too much. So there's not only yourself uh, having such a great year. There's also several other goalies in in NCAA Division One hockey that are having outstanding years. Um, some of the the other guys that are also nominated for the the Mike Richter Award, like yourself. Uh, you got guys like Devin Levi, who's having a great year in Northeastern. Uh, Dryden McKay is right up there uh, in shutouts with you two as well. What does it say about the state of goaltending in college hockey right now? And even when you look at the NHL, there seems to be uh, a ton of guys graduating from college hockey and, and have, going on to have great starts in their career. Um, so w- what do you think it is about college hockey where it's it's producing so many high-end goaltenders? I mean, it's just great hockey. I mean, all around, everyone, you know, has dedicated, I feel like, a lot of uh, their life, you know, to being here. It's, uh, you know, it's their dream to play college hockey and to play hard and to come in every single day. And so many of these goalies are all unbelievable goalies, you know, going in every single night. Those got to be ready because you know the other goal on their side is going to be great as well, and uh, and I don't know there's honestly tons of great goalies and you know hats off to them they're all great goalies they all work hard and uh, yeah that's why you just never get comfortable keep working hard because someone else out there is you know he's not stopping either so. So you're a sophomore this year, uh, but you actually joined the Bobcats last year, midway through the season, uh, after you started with Penticton in the BCHL when we played our, our fall season. So um, how much did that experience of getting to come in, play a couple games, be around the team last year, how much did that help you this year uh, when you, you started your, your sophomore season? Yeah, it helped for sure, right? Just getting, uh, you know, classes under my belt, so getting used to going back to school, uh, you know, practicing with the guys, getting uh, back up the pace, you know, with the practice, being able to, to watch some games in person and, and getting into, I was able to get into two games uh, in relief in the third period. So that was good, you know, but it's all that stuff just so like by, uh, by getting used to everything. So it wouldn't be as a, uh, you know, uh, a shocker. I'd say when I came in in September, I'm already come into it. I'm used to it. I know the guys, I know the coaches, I, I know the kind of culture they have there and the, and the stuff they push. So that was the idea for me. And, uh, and I thought it was a good idea. 
So uh, I mentioned that you played with Penticton. You you played in that fall season, but you also played the full 2019-20 campaign with the V's. Uh, you had p- previously played uh, for Boston in the NCDC. What made you want to come to the BCHL that year and, and make that next step in your hockey career? Yeah, so um, I think when I committed to going to PA, I got a junior Bruins. So, uh, I was supposed to play another year junior. And at that point, I've heard so much about Penticton and how, you know, it's really the, the, the best place to play, you know, junior hockey in Canada. And, I, and it really is. I obviously loved, loved it there, so I just really wanted to try to go play there. And then when I found out, you know, they had a spot open that I'd be able to go play there, it was super exciting. And I honestly can't say enough about my time there. Honestly, I loved it. Going to the rink every single day. You know, the town's beautiful. Coders are great. The fans are amazing. You know, everyone's like, it's a great culture there. I feel like uh, you can see why so many guys love going to play in Penticton because it's honestly... It's honestly awesome. It's like, uh, like, like it's just amazing. I, I really can't, uh, can't explain it. Yeah. You ended up having a great year there. Uh, your team also had a great year. Um, but then of course, like it did for everybody in March of 2020, it, it ended in disappointing fashion after you, you guys won your first round series against West Kelowna, uh, moving on to the second round, uh, had a, a great, uh, rivalry matchup set up there against Vernon. The the playoffs had to be shut down because of COVID. So, um, how disappointing was it not to get to finish what you started that year, especially given it was your last year of junior hockey? It was, uh, yeah, it was pretty, uh, you know, sad. Honestly, I mean, everyone around the world had their season ended, and but you know, at the time, I remember when we heard the news, we were all like so sad, so down. I feel like I feel like the guys weren't ready to say bye to each other yet. You know, we all, we were all such a close group. And, and we honestly all loved each other. You know, we still all talk today, a bunch of us. And, you know, we're all super, super close. So I feel like this would just hit us hard because, you know, we just weren't ready to say bye to each other. So we really wanted to go all the way together and, you know, create more memories and win more games together. So it was really, you know, it really hit us hard for sure. Yeah, and the the V's have produced some some high end goalies throughout the years, uh, but especially recently with guys like yourself, uh, Jack Lafontaine, Adam Scheel, uh coming through uh, Penticton and then going on to have great college careers. Uh, you mentioned how it was uh, one of the best places to play junior hockey, but specifically as a goalie, why do you think that so many of you and, and your fellow goalies that played there in the past? Uh, have gone there and then gone on to have such great college careers after playing there? Uh, I'm, not, I'm not always, I can't maybe pinpoint it, but one of the reasons why I wanted to play in particular as well, because of the, their insane track record of goalies who have also had uh, success down the NCAA level. So it's something that I wanted to go in there you know, and, and do as well. You know, and There was obviously something going on there that my goalies are having success at the next level as well. But I mean, I think just the, the culture they have, right? You know, they have a great goalie coach also, and the coaches really, they really push the guys every single day over there. You know, it's like, uh, if you're showing up to practice, you're not having a good practice, like someone will let you know. And, you know, guys are pushed hard every single day, and there's expectations there. And, you know, they, they you know, the Penticton's supposed to be the top of the league every single year, so you will be ready to go, you know. So I feel it would be a combination of all that stuff. Also, the team's great. You get to practice with uh, high-end players every single day. And so, yeah, I feel it's a combination of a bunch of things, you know, just uh, the everyday, everyday process that they have over there and, and the staff runs over there. So I feel like that just helps uh, everyone get so much better. So 
Quinnipiac is a school that always has a ton of BCHL alumni on the roster. I know we follow it closely here at the league just because of there are so many of our players there. Uh, and this year is no different. Um, I believe there are 15 former BCHL players on the team this year. Uh, what's it like being in the room with so many guys that have uh, played against each other? And uh, especially you as a goalie, I'm sure you've you faced a lot of these guys in your time in the BCHL. Uh, what's that dynamic like coming into that room and being familiar with so many of the guys? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's pretty cool. You know, uh, some guys even play for Pentagon. Some guys played for other team in the league. And, you know, I just, uh, I just, we're, all, we're always saying the guys who played in Pentagon, oh, it's the best place. Or, you know, or the guys who played anywhere else, they'd be like, oh, no, our place was, you know, a lot better. But we don't just kind of joke around about that. But, but I mean, I feel like just uh, almost like kind of jealous of anyone to play in uh, D.C., you know, such a beautiful province. And, you know, the views and just uh, the league as a whole is just a great time. So bringing it back to uh, to present day, uh, looking at the standings, you guys are sitting at the top uh, in the conference, uh, but there there's teams like Clarkson that are right behind you. Harvard is, is doing well as well. Um, so what, what do you have to do as a team this last month of the regular season here to make sure you end up finishing first in the conference uh, before you get to the playoffs and the tournament? I think just more of the same, you know, uh, and just, uh, just staying with our process that's been you know, giving us success. I mean, every team is great. Every team in college hockey is great. And if you don't show up, and if you're not ready to go from the get-go, you know, like you're you're going to lose, right? So I think being able to just uh, just keep doing more of what we've been doing and taking it harder and harder because uh, teams only get better and better as the year goes on. So just, uh, just keep pushing ourselves to get better every day. Last question for you. Uh, given how well you guys have played so far, um, how strong you are defensively, uh, and, and obviously in net as well. Uh, what's the expectation for the team the rest of the year? What's the goal? Where do you what do you think you guys can accomplish? Uh, I mean, uh, obviously we we all dream and hope, and we all expect that hopefully that by the end of the season that we're, we're that that we're the champions, right? I mean, that's what we're all working hard towards. You know, that was the goal. You know, coming in the coming out beginning of the year. You know, August of September, all the guys working hard and everyone everyone knows like, you know that we have expectations to win so I uh, just keep keep doing that I feel like that's what we want to do so we obviously hope to do that alright Yaniv well uh, thank you so much for joining me congrats on, on all your success and your strong play this year and best of luck to you and your teammates uh, the rest of the season right, thank you very much thank you for having me what would you call a new crispy chicken sidekick made by Subway sandwich experts? With seasoned chicken breast free from artificial flavors, a crispy golden brown coating, and freshly prepared just for you? At Subway, we call it the complete package. Introducing our new crispy chicken sidekick. Only $3.99, only at Subway, and only here for a limited time. Subway, eat fresh. Freshly prepared for your order. Limited time at participating restaurants. Extras additional plus tax. Huge thank you to Yanni Perez for joining us. All right, let's move on to our second interview. And it is with Langley Riverman, first-year head coach, Bert Henderson. Prior to joining the Riverman, Henderson was the head coach of the Langley Trappers Junior B team. Uh, so he's familiar with a lot of the players that are currently on the Junior A team. So we get into that with him. Uh, we also chat about the uh, large contribution he's gotten this year from his veteran players, the 20-year-olds on the team. And then we also talk a little bit about his playing career. 
Uh, for those that don't know, Henderson played in the BCHL in the early 90s. Uh, he spent one year with the Bellingham Icehawks. And then next season after that, uh, he actually won a championship with the Kelowna Spartans. So uh, it was a great conversation. Uh, got into a lot of different subjects, uh, present day and the past. So, so let's get to it and hear what he had to say. All right, Bert, uh, this is your first year as a head coach in the BCHL with the Langley Rivermen. Um, just wondering, like, how have you found the transition so far? Um, it's been pretty good so far. Um, obviously, uh, we've had a pretty good season up to date. Um, and, you know, being familiar with the organization obviously helped, um, you know, being with the, the Trappers before for uh, the last four years and, um, you know, being able to to watch a lot of the Riverman games and practices and kind of being around and, and, uh, being just being familiar with the organization has, uh, you know, helped, help me, uh, in the transition definitely to, to the junior A. So your, your team sits in first place in the coastal conference right now. Um, you guys have pretty much been sitting there for most of the season. Uh, what, what can you say about the way that your guys have performed this year? We knew when, when, uh, coming into this year we knew that it was gonna it was gonna be a a lot of hard work and and you know we didn't have going into the season we didn't uh, have any committed players so um we knew it was going to be a tough tough battle for us uh you know right off the hop but um what we did have was a good leadership group um i thought we assembled a pretty good group of uh 20 year olds um um, that provided the good leadership um, for you know returning players and 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 our new players and uh, right from day one we've had uh, um, buy-in from everybody and I think uh, everybody kind of realized um, you know when the season was getting going and bef- well before we got going that uh, everyone had to be on the same page and there's a certain way that we would have to play um, for us to be successful and um, you know I got to give credit to the leadership group of this team who who really uh, from day one took over and, and kind of said you know uh, we need everybody to be on the same page we need buy-in from everybody and um, I think that's what allowed us to be successful so far. Yeah you mentioned uh, getting getting the message across and, and- getting those players to buy in uh, to a, a certain playing style. So what is that playing style as, as a coach of the Rivermen, how do you want your team to play? Well, you know, we want to be uh, hard to play against every night. Um, you know, we don't want to get into a necessary run and gun kind of, kind of game with, with other teams. Um, we know um, that we have to play a defense first kind of style um, where, um, you know, we have to take care of our own end. There's a certain way that we want to play in our own end um, to limit uh, the other team's scoring chances. And once we get the puck, we want to get going north right away. Um, and uh, when we get in the offensive zone, we want to have some ozone time and, um, you know, create chances for ourselves by being active in the offensive zone. Um, but always being uh, thinking, you know, uh, on the D side of the puck first and, and making sure that we're obviously taking care of our own zone, but um, not only our own zone, but in the neutral zone and in the offensive zone that, uh, you know, we're not making too many high risk plays um, and, you know, just playing uh, the right way, which, um, you know, like I said, we're not a running gun team. We're, we're going to get by, uh, you know, we're going to get our wins by playing a good structured game. And um, that's how we have to play. 
So earlier you mentioned your your 20-year-olds, and I just wanted to follow up on that a little bit. you got 20-year-olds like Riley Wallach, Ryan Upson, Tyler Schleppi, uh, who have had incredible years. You have 19-year-olds that have been productive for you, like Max Dukovac and, and Joseph Messina. Um, how impressive have you been with those guys and the way they've led the charge this season? You mentioned their leadership qualities. Uh, in what ways have they kind of led the team and uh, maybe um, allowed the, the younger guys to flourish as well? Well, I mean, uh, for instance, a uh, guy like Wallach, who, uh, you know, is a big, obviously a big presence, um, just by his, uh, physical stature, but, um, he's, he's, he's a guy that, uh, is very vocal, um, in the dressing room, um, on the ice in practice. Um, if things aren't, aren't going the way that they're supposed to be going in practice, he'll let everybody know. And his guys like, uh, you know, him and, and Steven Silski, uh, another 20 year old defenseman, uh, who are co-captains who really kind of took the bull by the horns this year and, and, and took that leadership role and, and then bringing guys in like Uppy and, and, you know, Schleppi, um, obviously another 20 year old, really good 20 world. And then, um, Max Bulaka as well. Um, so that core group of 20 year olds, um, kind of got together and, and, you know, they're all, they're all wearing Caesar A's, um, and they're all part of the, the leadership core of this group. And, um, you know, they, they've really, really, really done a, a, a tremendous job of just making sure that everybody, um, well, from day one that we had buy-in from everybody and we, you know, continue to have that, that, uh, buy-in from everybody, you know, even when times, you know, aren't necessarily going our way. We, you know, we have to battle through some, uh, some things and, uh, they make sure that, uh, everybody's uh, in it together and, um, and we're all on the same page. So I, I interviewed your goalie, Ajit Gandara, earlier in the year, who, who's also someone who's been great for you this season. Uh, and one thing we talked about, I believe it was um, late October, early November, and we, we, we talked about how maybe uh, some teams weren't giving you guys the respect that maybe you deserved at the start of the year and underestimating you. It maybe ties into the lack of college commitments at the start of the year as well. Um, is that something that you kind of saw or noticed as well? Do you think that maybe you, uh, other teams were underestimating you a little bit uh, at the start of the season? Well, I, I think so, but rightfully so. Um, you know, no one really knew what, uh, you know, what, what was really going on except for us, really. Um, and if you looked at our roster, we didn't have any commits uh, as the season started. So I think we surprised a lot of teams um, by our play when when we – came out of the gate and we beat some pretty good teams off the start. Um, and, you know, teams started to kind of take notice. Okay. Maybe they're for real. And, and then, you know, we had to, we had some more success and, and yeah. So I, I, I mean, uh, I, I, we were underestimated, I guess, but you know, it was, it was probably rightfully so that we were because looking at our roster, no one really, you know, knew what, what we're capable of, except for us really. Cause, cause we knew what we, you know, we see ourselves in practice and what we can do. And we, I knew what we had and the players knew what we had. And, uh, you know, we had a, a really good group of kids that, uh, wanted to stick together and, and, uh, you know, they wanted to win. So, um, when, when you have that, um, you know, chances are you're going to be successful. Um, and the hard part is just, uh, sustaining that throughout the year. Um, and you know, we still got, uh, still got 20 games to go here and then getting into playoffs here. We just want to keep going. So, it, you know, it's still, still a long road ahead, but you know, we're looking forward to it. 
We've touched a couple times on the uh, college commitments and how you guys didn't have any at the start of the year, but uh, you're already up to five, which is among the most that any team has gotten so far during the season. Uh, so what does that say about your group and, and those players specifically that the college scouts are trying to ca- are starting to catch on, the rest of the league is starting to catch on uh, to, to how good your team actually is? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, uh, we always say, uh, tell the kids that uh, you know um, when you win you get noticed and but in order to win you got you got to stick together you got to play together and um, I think I think for some some of the kids it was just getting that opportunity that that maybe they hadn't gotten yet um, at, at somewhere else and uh, we were able to give them that opportunity and um, they came into a role where they had a chance to 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 succeed really and, and play a role on a team that they probably never got to play on another team. So a lot of it's opportunity guys took the opportunity. Um, and like I said, it's just a, a good group of kids that just want to play for each other, you know, and at the end of the day, you know, we're, we're just, uh, we, like I said, we still got a long way to go, but, uh, we got a really good group here. Yeah, the uh, I was just wondering a lot of there are quite a few players that played for the Trappers, the junior P, B team that you coached in Langley uh, that are on the Riverman roster. And it's the same every year. There's a lot of players that end up making the jump and, and play for the junior A team, the Riverman. Uh, so in, in what ways does that work to your advantage? Like, how do you you use that to your advantage as someone who is familiar with those players and has coached them before? Um, how, how do you use that? Uh, well, I, you know, it, it definitely helps the players. They know um, the, the, you know, the style and the systems already um, coming up. So, for for example, you know, we've had, I've had uh, Keaton Oakley who played for me for the Trappers. Um, you know, when I came in, I didn't have to explain any any system work to him. He already knew everything, right? So, um, you know, Ajit played for me with the Trappers, knew the kind of coach I was, and 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 we already had a relationship. I've coached him, you know, since he was a young kid in spring hockey as well. Um, Sil- Steven Silski played for me for the Trappers. So he was another another guy that was familiar with the way, you know, the style that we wanted to play and the systems that we play. Um, and then recently Dylan Warmold who played for me in the Trappers the last three years, we brought him up full time now. So he's familiar with, uh, you know, it, the advantages that, you know, it, the, the learning curve, I guess they've already gone through that learning curve of, of um, the kind of the style that I want to play and the system and the structure that I want to play. So um, there's, I think there's a big advantage to having, having that and, you know, continue on. We kind of try to do the same, you know, with Brad uh, back and coaching the Trappers now, kind of try to still do the familiar systems um, that when players do get called up or or make that jump, that they're already familiar with the the structure that we that we want to play. I want to quickly switch gears here a little bit um, and talk about your playing career. Um, you played in the BCHL in the 90s. Uh, you spent one year with the Bellingham Icehawks. I believe you were just 16 at the time. Um, obviously, there's not a team there anymore, but they did have BCHL hockey there for a while in the 80s and 90s. So uh, what do you remember about that time in your career, your life coming in as a young guy and playing in Bellingham? Uh, what are some of your memories from from that season? Um, that, uh, was a, a real fun year for me. Um, I actually started the year, uh, uh, playing junior B, 
um, in the Pacific Junior Hockey League um, for till about Christmas time, and then I got a call up to Bellingham um, to to come up there full time. So, uh, you know, I was excited. I was nervous, excited at the same time, but, um, you know, I got a really good opportunity there to, to grow as a player, um, and, and play. It's a great, it was a great city to play in. I mean, we had, uh, you know, great fan base there. Um, the rink was kind of, kind of weird there. It was an old air hanger and, <laughs> but it was like a, it, it was kind of weird, but it, the, the atmosphere was really, was, was great. Cause the fans were very passionate. And I remember in the, in the playoffs that year, we were getting a couple thousand in that little barn there and it was so loud and we ended up making the finals that year. Uh, I believe in loss to, I think it was Vernon, maybe in the finals, but, uh, you know, we had a, a good group of, of players, um, that went on to, to play college and then actually went on and, and played in Kelowna the next year and, and had a pretty good year there as well. But, but Bellingham was, was definitely a great, it was a, I remember it being just a great place to play, great atmosphere, great fans. Yeah, I did want to ask you about that second year you played as well in Kelowna. You played for the Kelowna Spartans, um, and your your play really seemed to take off. Obviously, you're a year older and um, bigger and more mature, but uh, you were the second highest scoring defenseman on the team. You had 37 points, 55 games. Uh, do you view that as a year when you kind of really came into your own as a junior hockey player? Um, how did that go for your development? Yeah, no, that was uh, that was a really really great year. Um, we had a um, a real special team that year, um, you know, and, uh, yeah, going in as a 17 year old, uh, played, like I said, played the half the year. So, uh, I had that experience going in, um, now as a 17 year old to kind of take, take my play to the next level, which I thought was possible. Um, and, and with the team that we had, I mean, it was, uh, you know, we ended up winning the Centennial Cup that year. So it was, uh, it was a year definitely that I look back on. And, and as far as a player, um, just uh, the growth that I had as a player that year really, really helped me into, you know, um, being successful really in my playing career. You know, we had a really great coach there, Jim Hammett, um, who's now with the Spokane Chiefs. Um, down there, he's he, he was one of the best coaches that I've ever had, and um, you know he really helped me. We had uh, a really good group of players that went on to to play. Um, you know, they, they went on to college careers, somewhat to on to pro. Our goalie ended up playing the NHL uh, for a little bit. Um, so we had uh, a really good group of talented hockey players, and it was. You know, it, it was a, a group where I look back on and, you know, we were really, really close as, 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 a, as a team. And, and I think that helped us that, that we were, you know, really close as a team and, and just really good atmosphere around, really good city to play in. Kelowna is just an unbelievable place to play. Um, and I look back and that's one of the highlights of my, of my playing career was that year that, that obviously because we won, but we had a really special group of players as well. Then after that, <clears throat> excuse me, you played a few years in the WHL, a few uh, in the minors in North America, and then you were off to Japan where you played for eight seasons. Um, what went into your decision to play there? Um, well, uh, 
it's a funny story um, because uh, actually the guy that got me over there was Willie Desjardins. Oh, wow. Um, who, uh, yeah, was uh, the coach of the Canucks. And then he was, uh, he was coaching in Japan. He was there for a while. And the thing with Willie is he's a really good recruiter. And he, he actually found out that my mom is Japanese. So I had heritage there. So he found out that I was half Japanese and and at that time they were looking for um heritage players to go over there to play you were allowed two imports and two heritage players to to play on each team so um i don't know how willie found out but like i said he's an unbelievable recruiter and he does his homework and i just received a call one day when i was in uh i was in cincinnati i think i was playing in cincinnati the old ihl and said, uh, you know, I'm Willie Desjardins. I'm uh, coaching over in Japan. I, I hear your mom is, you know, from Japan. And, you know, they're looking for heritage players. And I I didn't really know anything about hockey in Japan at, at that time. And, and I knew the Olympics were... You know they were they were they were coming up. They were going to be in in Japan in '98. Um, so um, you know I was I, I hadn't really known anything about hockey in Japan, and so I kind of just after the phone call I did a little research on it, and I was like, and I found out who you know a couple of guys that I actually knew were playing over there that I had, you know, um, they, they had some NHL guys that went over there after their you know, NHL crews are done. So they were the imports. So it was actually a pretty good league. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was kind of a no brainer when, um, you know, when, when really, um, you know, we, we kept in communication throughout the summer and they offered me a pretty good contract to go over there, um, as a heritage player. So we, um, made the decision. It was, it was a tough decision though, because I knew I was throwing away my dream of playing the NHL at that time. I was only, uh, 23 years old. So I was, I still had a futurist, um, you know, ahead of me, but, um, you know, I, I was borderline borderline player, you know, didn't know if I was going to quite make it. So, um, you know, I decided the, the, you know, the best decision for, for my future was to go over there and play and ended up over there for eight years. So, um, and had a, had a great time there too, as well. Um, just, uh, you know, I, I was fortunate enough to play in a couple of nice cities there and, um, you know, met some good friends and that I still keep in touch to, um, till this day. So, um, you know, it was just a really good time of, you know, not only for hockey, but, but just the life experience of being able to, to travel and, 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 you know, play hockey. And they had teams, uh, you know, eventually the teams in Korea and they actually had a team in Russia the one year. So we got to travel around quite a bit and, um, you know, just a good life experience as well. What was the hockey like over there? Like what was the level of hockey? Do you think? Uh, you know what? It, it was it was a lot better than I thought it, than I thought it was going to be. Uh, like I said, I didn't know much about it, um, but I did research it, um, and the hockey was really good. They had uh, guys like oh, thinking back here now, um, like uh, just off the top of my head, uh, we had on our team guys like Jared Scaldi, Greg Parks, guys that had played in the NHL. Uh, John Tucker was over there. Um, yeah. So uh, a lot of the, the, the players, the import players, um, 
where NHL, they tried to bring over some NHL players that had an NHL experience as their imports, which kind of, you know, gave the league, you know, some, you know, I guess some status there um, to recruit some of the, and they recruited all of us uh, heritage players who were all pretty good. Um, so uh, the, the hockey there was actually, uh, it was pretty good and I enjoyed it. Um, and it was competitive. Uh, you know, at that time there were only six teams in the league. Um, but it was, uh, it was good. And I had, like I said, I had a, it was, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun as well. Last question for you. I appreciate you hanging in there with me. I've kept you longer uh, than I thought. Uh, But um, so bringing it back to Langley, um, you guys have 12 games coming up here in February. Um, Schedule is a bit condensed now after so many games had to be moved around earlier in the year. So uh, with a stretch like this coming up, 12 games in, um, I think, 23, 24 days. um, How do you approach that and having to play um, so many games in a shorter amount of time? Um, how do you and your, your guys approach that? Uh, well, you know, we know it's going to be a tough stretch here. So, um, we got to be, you know, mentally, I think the the mental part uh, of it is going to be key for us. We got to make sure that, uh, you know, we're, we're in it mentally, uh, physically, we know it's going to be a battle. Um, you know, the key is going to be, uh, to get the guys some rest when we can, um, we're going to have to have a good ratio of, uh, you know, rest practice. We're going to probably won't practice as much as, as we, you know, usually would for the month, but, um, with playing so many games, it's good. It's going to be tough on these kids, tough on, on their bodies. So, um, I'll be looking to give them some rest as well. Um, um, but mentally, I think, uh, we got, we got to be in it mentally. Um, that's going to be the key for us for, well, really for the rest of the, the the rest of the stretch here um the last 20 games here we know it's going to be a battle uh, teams are now um you know they're going to be bringing their their a game when they come play us so we know that so um we just got to be ready mentally physically um i think we'll be you know we'll, we will be ready we'll give them the adequate rest time that the kids need but uh mentally we got to be in it all right, Bert. Well, thank you so much for the time. Really appreciate it. That was a great conversation. Um, uh, best of luck to you and the guys the rest of the way. Great. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. All right, that does it. Another episode of the BCHL podcast in the books. Thank you so much to both of my guests, Bert Henderson, who you just heard from, and Yanni Peretz, who we heard from at the top of the show. Another huge thank you to our presenting sponsor, Subway. And, of course, uh, a shout-out to our producer, Greg Ballack, putting things together behind the scenes. Just a reminder, if you aren't following us on social media, you're going to want to go ahead and do that. We are at BC Hockey League on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And for everything you need to know about the league, present-day players, alumni, everything you want to know, Uh, head over to www.bchl.ca. All right, everybody, enjoy the games this weekend, and we'll talk to you again very soon. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.